Hello there, and welcome to this episode of Special Unit 352, or SU-352 for short. My name is Max, and this is my co-host Peyton, and we became fast friends over our mutual love of Star Wars. We love Star Wars so much that we wanted to talk about it all the time. So, just over and over and over and over, and so finally we turned on the microphones and started to record it. Today, we are going to be talking about the fourth episode of Andor, Aldani. But first, Peyton, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, considering we're just recording this five seconds after um, our previous episode. And just a correction uh, to our listeners, we will be releasing these one day after another. Um, because we are seriously behind, so we're going to give y'all a little treat, a trick and a treat. <laughs> um, so, no, I'm doing perfect. Just perfect. Um, I have no news. I have no housekeeping. Uh, um, yeah, there's, uh, there's nothing new, uh, and we didn't even have a bathroom break, so we're just going <laughs> to... <laughs> We're just going to roll right through this one. Yes, sir, we are. Let's go. Episode 4, Aldani, first impressions. First impressions. It it was a part of the story that needed to be told, because Mm -hmm. if we just skipped to the cool parts, none of it would make sense, and it would not be fun. So this this is the... I'm treating this like the climb to... Uh, like the top of a roller coaster. So it's mm-hmm. slow and it's boring and it's clunky at times, but mm-hmm. we should get to a roller coaster of an episode here soon. Yes, hopefully for episode six, um, eventually. I only have one thing to say about episode four. What you got? Coruscant. I loved seeing Coruscant on screen. Right? And is, it, is it me, or are they, give, are they giving us more glimpses of the planet than we've ever seen? I didn't see much of the planet. I saw a lot of different I mean, like sectors. Yeah. I mean, like, this, yeah, because we've never seen much of actual, like, the city. We've seen the Jedi Temple. We've seen the Opera House and Palpatine's office, then it. Um, Coco Town, where Dex's diner is. A nightclub or two. A nightclub or two, and that's about it. Nothing else. So, I was really, really happy to see, um, Coruscant and to see Mon Mothma again. So, let's get into it. go uh the episode begins with luthan and cassian uh traveling through hyperspace uh aboard a fondor hallcraft bound for aldani and uh when they jump to hyperspace uh ander says I have driven these. I've flown these a lot. I've never seen one do this. And he goes, well, it's a day of surprises. 
uh, Luthen offers Ander two choices, dropping him off on another planet or coming with him to join a bigger fight. Knowing Ander's ta talent for stealing, uh, Luthen offers him the opportunity to put a stick into the Empire's eye and get paid for it. Ander is curious about Luthen's identity and wonders whether he is a rebel or, uh, or partisan. Ander is not interested in Luthen's cause and admits he is more interested in survival. He tells Luthen that he spent two years in prison and fought on the planet Mimban uh, when he was 16 years old. Which and we saw Mimban and Zola. We did? Yes. Um, that is the planet that Han first meets uh, Chewie. He was sent to Mimban after... Uh, having a mind of his own at the Academy. There was a whole tribunal and everything, which they cut through the film, but... Yeah. Yeah. So, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, Ander adds that he was part of a unit of 50 and was the only one that survived. Luthen points out that Anders had spent six months on Mimban as a cook and survived because he fled. Uh, Luthen says that Anders should hate the Empire more uh, for forcing him to fight with others to survive. Luthen offers the opportunity to help bring about the downfall of the Empire, emphasizing that he came for him, not the stupid box. Luthen offers to pay Ander 200,000 credits. Republic credits! If he takes part in a mission to steal the quarterly payroll of an entire Imperial sector. Question. Honest question. This is, this is the most max question. Why we? Why are we worried about the payroll? Um, why is that maybe, a big deal? Probably because they paid their stormtroopers to have that aim. I don't know. Um, that's a good question. I mean, like maybe em oh embezzling. Cool. Uh, like that's useful. Like the i the idea of like finding dirty money like mm -hmm. even better but like this is a no name payroll this is a payroll from a section of a far away planet like an entire imperial sector it's not an important sector mm -hmm. like i don't know why this is important so, like, as someone that loves Star Wars, I don't understand the stakes. No. Like, how do you feel about this? I really don't care one way or the other. I mean, I know the Empire needs money and resources to build their Death Star, cough, cough. But um, I don't know. I don't know why... Quarterly payroll would be a significant. 
I mean, unless it's used to fund Palpatine's little mini projects. But even then, even then, even if you had, like, legal proof that he is embezzling money to make clones of himself or to make a Star Destroyer, Mm -hmm. like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to throw that at the floor of the Senate and be like, look, no one's going to care. Yeah, and Palpatine would just disavow it one hundred percent. And then he'd find, and then he'd kill you later. Yeah, I mean, that's like that's like somebody saying like walking up to Nazis and being like, "Nazis do bad things." I have proof. C- uh, cool, they're still gonna kill you. So, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't see what the purpose is. No, maybe they'll give us a purpose later. All right, so at the ga- at the galactic capital of Coruscant, the Imperial Security Bureau supervisor Deidre Miro attends a meeting at the ISB headquarters. <laughs> During the meeting, Supervisor Grandi reports that an increase in quarterly detentions across the Ryloth sector would erode local authority, inquiring an increase in their backline budget. Now, the Ryloth sector is actually known, is also known as the Gaulus Sector. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the f- following the rise of the Galactic Empire, a faction of Twi'lek species native to Ryloth rebelled against the Empire in the Ryloth Insurgency, with which led to the Sith Lords Darth Sidious and Darth Vader visiting the world. So, Ryloth is one of the Outer Rim territories and the home of the Twi'leks. Yeah. So in the Twi'lek sector. I knew this. <laughs> it has a lot of history in uh in Clone Wars specifically. And no, Re- uh and Rebels. Yes. I wish we get we get. I hope we get to see this planet in real life in live action. So I thought that that was a fun that was a fun line. Uh, Major Partagaz demands more specifics and is dissatisfied with her answer about increasing Imperial surveillance activities. Mm-hmm. Partagaz then questions Legret uh, about the progress of his memorandum about mining on Arvala Six. Which is okay. Pause right there. Did you catch that? Arvala six. Yes. So you know that Arvala seven was the world that Grogu was hidden on. No. Yes, sorry, Bob. So we saw Arvala seven in the Mandalorian. Oh, that's where the Mando is even. That's where they're staged. What? That's where the beginning of... Uh, that wasn't where he was hidden. That's where he was taken. What? What do you mean where he was taken? He was being held captive there. By the Nikto? Yeah. Well, I always assumed he was hidden there. No. Uh, actually, I don't. I don't know. We don't get that. We don't get that explanation. Yeah, that's a good point. 
I always assumed that the Nikto's were protecting Grogu. I think the Nikto's were protecting Grogu because he's a cash cow. I don't think he was safe there. Really? Absolutely. Huh. The, we every time we've I don't mean to be spacist, but every time we've seen a Nikto, they've been part of a gang. Yeah, Java's gang. Um the um what else have we seen him? I mean, I'm not I'm not here to uh, I, again, I don't want to be spacist. If someone could prove me wrong, I'm 100% for it. I would rather not be spacist towards Nikto's. Um but I I assume they're up to no good. You solemnly swear that they're up to no good. Exactly. So uh Partigaz asks the everyone at the table about their purpose in the agency. Miro responds with uh, the textbook response. Uh, the purpose is to further the security objectives by collecting intelligence, providing useful analysis, and conducting effective covert action. Partigaz... Oh, I'm going to pause right there, Max. You sounded awful like my buddy Michael from Pub. Um, he's... He used to work in customer service, and he's now part-time, but he often will pull that imperial attitude voice on everyone. It's great. It's hilarious. I think you guys, um, if I have, if we ever get him on the podcast, I think you two would get along. You know, he always imitates you on the very first episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the shots fired on the Captain Kennedy. <laughs> so, uh, Partigas responds, uh, that is verbatim, word for word, from the ISB mission, and wrong. He likens the ISB to healthcare providers who treat symptoms and locate germs for the purpose of treating diseases. Inside and out. Partigas reassigns Legret's tasks of writing the, mem the memorandum to another ISB official. Which will speak to me after. Partigas <laughs> then questions Blevin about an incident on Ferex in the Molana sector. Uh, Blevin responds that the incident is under the jurisdiction of corporate tactical forces. And explains that they tried to serve a warrant but were encountered more trouble than they anticipated. When Partigas presses Blevin on the matter, he explains that several personnel were killed and property damaged. Mm. Blevin also reported that a stolen Imperial Starpath unit was also recovered from the scene. Blevin offers to investigate, but Partigas says that they will speak before he leaves. Partigas asks Lonnie Jung about the protection requests for traffic in the Ambrian sector, and Jung reports that there is an increase in protected shipping heading towards Scarif. During the meeting, Miro glances down at a screen because she is figuring things out. Yes. I... I'm not supposed to like her, but I like her. I do too. Uh, I mean... This ISB... So what does ISB stand for? Imperial... Uh, the IS... I shortened it. It's the Imperial Security Bureau. Which is the same sect that Moff Gideon is part of. Really? Yes, and I believe 
correct me, Orson Krennic, was he part of that too? I don't think he was. I don't think so. That's not his jurisdiction. This I, is. I know we're. I know we're supposed to see Krennic in the show. We're supposed to see Krennic. Okay. Yes, we are. I mean, uh, we also are supposed to see. We're definitely going to see Alan Alan Tudyk. K two S O, yeah. But we don't. We that hasn't happened yet. No. Um. Back on the ranch, uh, on the lush hills of Old Donnie, Ander picks up the picks the pseudonym Clem, and shaves his beard. Uh, Luthen cites their local contact approaching them. Before leaving to meet the contact, he gives Ander a uh, a Kuadi signet as a down payment. Uh, it is a blue kyber crystal. Skystone, the ancient world, celebrates the uprising against the Rakatan invaders. Rakata. Yeah. Rakata invaders. And I have a point I'm going to make, I'm going to bring up with, with you in the next episode. Actually, I can bring it up now. Um, so I've been talking to a buddy of mine who had mixed feelings when starting Andor. And he enjoys Andor. But he says that Andor does not have... The show does not have a Star wars feel. It doesn't Do feel you? like Star Wars. No. So, okay, I, I wanted to see what your opinion was on that. That's, that's a big deal to me. It doesn't feel like the same universe. Really? Even though we're seeing Coruscant and all that? It could be... It, it doesn't feel like... Coruscant. It doesn't feel like Coruscant to me. It feels like we visited two shops in Disney World and someone was like, oh, that was Orlando, Florida. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, that, that, it, I... And, like, the the story doesn't feel, the narrative doesn't feel like Star Wars yet. Mm-hmm. You think we're gonna get to that point? I hope so. I'm gonna watch every episode anyway. They have my money. Yeah, but, I am... It's part of the podcast, so we can't just not watch it because we think it's boring. So, yeah. you know. All right. Luthen tells Andor that he wants the signet back and to not, uh, and to not take any less than thirty thousand for that. Uh, for that, the contact turns out to be a human woman named Vel. When Vel asks if something's wrong, Luthen replies that he thinks uh, that things are coming together, and he found a friend. And he is uh, uh, he can pilot, he can shoot, he can lie, and he's a polyglot. Uh, he can speak a lot of languages. Vel is skeptical about recruiting an untested new recruit and mercenary for their planned heist three days from pulling the trigger on like a more than how long did they say they were here? Seven months? Yeah. I would be skeptical, too. You know? Yeah. Gladly. Well, Luthen, what are you doing, my dude? Luthen gives the- her the option of including Clem for their mission or calling off the entire operation. When Vel objects, Luthen tells her that it is his oppor- her opportunity to be a leader and emphasizes that Clem is disposable. Mm-hmm. Um... 
Slim is, but not Cassian. No, yes, they are the same person. I know, but she doesn't. She doesn't know his real name yet. Right. So. Uh. So, at the Preox Morlana Enforcement Headquarters, uh, ISB agent Blevin informs Chief Inspector Hine. Uh, Deputy Inspector Cyril Karn and Sergeant Linus Mosk that they are to surrender all comlinks weapons and documents to the Empire. He says that they will be dispatched to a transfer center where they will have their personal effects handed to them. Uh, Blevin also orders them to certify confirmation of the U- of the official ISV after action report detailing their involvement in the Ferrix incident. Hine protests that he had nothing to do with it, but Brevin blames their alleged idiocy, ineptitude, and total disengagement from the recent debacle on Ferrix. Blevin refuses to let Mosk speak. Mosk raises his hand, and Blevin goes, Are you serious? Uh, he also tells Karn that he will not be replaced. Blevin uses uh, the Ferrix debacle as a pretext for placing the entire Morlana system under permanent imperial authority. Congratulations, you've ruined the party for everyone. Ta-ta! To TFN. <laughs> um, elsewhere, uh, back on Aldani, Ander accompanies Vel as they walk down a hill. Vel asks about his arm, Ander asks who Luthen is, but she replies that she should have. he should have asked him uh, when he had the chance. She also warns Ander not to mention Luthen, to the others when they return to camp. When Ender asks why they are in a remote location, they'll brief some uh, about their plan to rule uh, to rob the garrison. Uh, elsewhere, uh, Attendant Hirt briefs Deidre Miro about the Ferrix incident, reporting that one local and four pre-Ox Morlana security employees died. Miro locates the NS- NS9 Star Path unit and the database, giving them jurisdiction over the case. Uh, Miro says that she does not want to spark Blevin's interest, uh, so she sends someone else. Uh, later, uh, Luthen Luthen Fondor Fondor droid mod flies uh, flies his ship to Coruscant, and Private uh, Luthen dons a gray wig and ornate purple clothes with several rings and bracelets. Back on Aldani, Vale Vel briefs Andor about the history of the Aldani Highlands, how they've run the original people out, and how the Empire is, spoiler alert, the bad guys in this scenario. Weird, crazy, how did that even happen? And <laughs> a sleeping rebel named Karis Nemec is approached at gunpoint by another man named Arvel Skeen, who chides him for falling asleep on guard duty. Dude, I hate this dude i like him i like him because he is the least star wars and he fits the vibe better than any other character other than luthan luthan and skeen can hang out everyone else go take a break uh you're saying uh karis karis nemec is is close the starry-eyed young guy has the Star Wars vibe about him. Uh, but, like, Skeen is a is a vet. 
He has CPTSD and trusts no one and doesn't feel things and is super smart. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know much, but the things he does know, he knows well. Mm-hmm. And uh, the two soon spot Vel and Ander approaching through a pair of macro binoculars. The other rebels are unnerved by the presence of a newcomer. Vel apologizes for not introducing Clem earlier and claims that he will be given he will give them critical redundancy in all areas. Vel introduces Andor to her comrades Skeen, uh, Tamarin, Barsona, Nemec, and Sintikaz. We know who Sintikaz is, right? No, do we? Yes, Sintikaz is his sister. Wait, wait. Are you saying... What the... Holy... Yeah, that's her... That is the little girl's name. But Cassian hasn't realized it. Has he? And or... And or, if he has recognized it, he hasn't found... They haven't shown us him recognizing it. But like... No, but that's that's her name. That was the and girl's maybe, name. Okay. Well, maybe that's why I didn't pick it pick up on it because I haven't watched any of the episodes more than like once or twice. Yeah. I mean, they're that memorable. Uh. Well, thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. I put money on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mean, uh, elsewhere, we cut from everyone being a little grumpy about the introduction to Andor, uh, which makes perfect sense. Like, uh, definitely not okay with changing things last minute, especially if we've been working six to seven months in the same area in these godforsaken woods, milking godforsaken goats, like, waiting for a sign. Okay, goats. In Star Wars, really? Yeah. It we're supposed. I thought we were gonna have a lot of. What happened to all the aliens that we were supposed to get? We're getting a lot of white people. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it was nice to see some, uh, some people of uh, Asian descent and some African Americans, or at least like uh, at least black people in general. That's just been really mm-hmm. nice uh, to have. But like. I don't know, but, like, we haven't seen a single alien. I mean, we're also going up against the Empire, so, like, the Empire's not letting any aliens in. No, except for Thrawn. And he proves himself. Of course. So. By killing several Jedi. Uh, so... The Delio, uh... Uh, now we cut back over to Priox Morlana, Deputy Inspector Deputy Inspector Cyril Karn visiting his mom. Uh, she opens the door, smacks him in the face, grabs him, and cries a little bit, and then proceeds to berate him over several scenes about how he is dumb and inept, and he doesn't have a plan, and everything he's ever done is bad. And I'm like, this is the makings of a serial killer. Like, you, 
madam, you're making a and, serial killer. And you're doing it over breakfast. Dude, let, let, let the boy eat. Let At him least. let him eat his oops all berries. Yeah, with his um new no, meal. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> it Dude, was, it was a real cereal. They're gonna they're gonna bring that to Galaxy's Edge. You could get it at Publix. I know, but they're gonna rename that. Yeah. So So uh his his oops all berries. I'm surprised he doesn't cry into it. Uh, it's so sad. Um, back, uh, back on Aldani, Senta treats Anders' arm injury, and Tamron objects to Clem's presence, but Vel insists that he trusts him. On Coruscant, Luthen and his assistant Clea meet with Senator Mon Mothma at his ornate gallery. Uh, after they exchange pleasantries, Luthen and Mothma uh, go to the back room and get down to business. Mothma's like, you don't understand the heat and Luthen that, that I'm under. And Luthen's like, where's the money? And she's like, you, it, I'm having difficulty moving money around. They're everyone is changing around me. She also confides that she suspects that she's being spied on. Uh, she tells him that she has recruited a new ally. And Luthen says... Uh, that like that we can't have another mouth to feed. We need more money. We need less mouths to feed, and we need less people. Uh, less people to fall on. Who's this ally she's talking about? You think we don't know? Senator Mothma <laughs> arrives home and discusses arrangements for a dinner party with her husband, Perrin Firtha, whom I don't like. And here's my thing. I, did you know that Mon Mothma was married? No. And had a kid, spoiler alert? A, a teenage kid. Yeah, and we don't hear about them anywhere else, so guess what's going to probably happen to them? <laughs> Honestly, I don't... This feels... This, yeah, they've got a bunch of death flags. Like, I don't know how to describe it better than that. Like, they're, we're, like, these characters, like, come on screen and say things like, what could possibly go wrong? We're such good friends. Aren't we so emotionally connected? And you're just like, oh, they're dead. <laughs> um, Mon Mothma is comfortable with a lot of dinner guests, including Ars Danger and Sly Moore. Uh, Mothma suggests... Uh, not uh, Sly Moore. That... that he, uh, that is one of, uh, Palpatine's lackeys, I know that. Sly Moore? Yes. You, we've probably seen him in episode three. No, yes. speaking But I think he's one of the few people that actually knows that Palpatine is a Sith Lord. He is an, um, oh, Sly Moore is a female Umbaran force adept with the ability to manipulate the minds of others. What a great... Uh, totally unbiased, uh, senator we have. Oh my huh. god. I didn't know she was a force adept. Uh, That's new. Moore served as the senior administrative aide and chief of staff of Supreme Chancellor Palpatine during the final years of the Galactic Republic. Moore was mm -hmm. one of the few people who knew Palpatine's true identity, and she stood by the chancellor's side... Uh, along with Vice Chair Mize Ameda. Masamita. Masamita. I cannot wait to see him again 
in this show. He is in this show. I think. I'm 90%. Yeah, the big boy himself. Dang, bro. Chagrin. Yeah. Dude, their, mm-hmm. their design is so cool. Uh, we're getting off subject. Uh, so, uh, uh, hold on. Who's Aang Dangor? Ars, I- Ars Dangor. We don't have a picture of him. Okay. Yeah, he's just a dude. I ain't worried about him. Uh, <laughs> he's just a guy. <laughs> um... Perrin, uh, Mothma suggests that they should instead uh, invite guests from Gorman since the Empire cut off their shipping lanes yesterday. Mothma is upset that her husband invited these guests and wants to call off the party. Perrin grumbles about everything being boring and sad. He needs to be quiet. He's a spy. What? She's gonna, uh, he's gonna betray her. You could smell it on his clothes. Her husband is gonna betray her. Absolutely, if she if he hasn't already. That's okay. That's messed up. On Aldani, Vel's rebels uh, are joined by a Lieutenant Gorn. Gorn is suspicious of Clem and tells Vel that an Imperial engineer is visiting from Coruscant. Later, Vel briefs her rebel team about the Imperial base at Alkenzie. Okay, so when you heard the na- uh, the words Imperial Engineer, did you think Critic? No. Did you think um, Galen Urso? No. I didn't think a name, to be honest, but both of those would fit that description. Not not Galen, never mind, not Galen, because he's, like, locked up in, like, Death Star research. But I could definitely see Critic be that person. That would be cool. So. Uh, they talk about the Sacred River of Nazma Khan. They talk about the Eye of Aldani, which is going to be super cool to watch. It's a bunch of, it's a, a million fireworks going off in the sky all at the same time. Um, a whole bunch of meteor showers. And that is how we will distract from the heist. Um, cutting back, Lieutenant Miro uh, brings her case to Major Partigaz, stating that the Starpath unit recovered on Ferrix was traced to, to the theft from a base in her sector. When Partigaz accuses her of stirring intra-office friction, Miro theorizes that the Starpath heist is part of a conspiracy to steal Imperial equipment for an organized rebellion. She cites three previ- previous case files that suggest a pattern. Partigas dismisses Miro's concern on the grounds of what he regards as insufficient evidence and orders her that she stick to her sectors. Partigas reminds her that two of her reports are overdue and tells her to focus on enforcement and uh, issues, including boosting incarceration numbers. Tamarin believes Clem about the Rono freighter specs and the base layout. Before Clem can eat, Vale orders... Uh, him to let Santa check her wounds, his wounds, and to memorize the specs and lay out by morning. Vel goes on watch duty. Fade to black. And that's, All right. that's it. That's okay. episode four. All right.
Moving on. Uh, final thoughts are like, where did you think this was going to go next? Uh, I thought that, you know, I, I didn't really know. Um, number one, I watched it like the day after Hurricane. So I didn't have much thought process. I literally thought I was supposed to go into work like right there and then. Publix and then they they closed the store and they claimed they called me and they never called me. <laughs> um, so I should have put the store with my uniform on. Um, but thoughts, um, to be honest, I didn't really have any. I mean, I thought it was cool that we got to see Coruscant, see Mon Mothma. I thought it was interesting that she had a man. <laughs> and a kid, yeah, but, weird. Um, I never, I never pegged her to have a family. Um, or if she had family, they were like distant family back on her home planet. Um, not right there, smack dab at the capital. Um, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I think that's it. I would. I was excited to see a heist. Of course, we're not, we haven't seen that heist yet. I think we're going to get that in episode six. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. We still haven't seen it. <laughs> no. Um, so. All right. Yeah. You? Thoughts? Uh, this was really slow. It needed to happen. It would have been weird. Otherwise, we would have complained that this amount of dialogue didn't happen. I'm excited to see where an Imperial pulling the thread and discovering the resistance, the rebel, mm -hmm. the rebellion before the rebellion. Mm -hmm. That's interesting to me. I think that's why I like Miro because she's the most interesting part of this narrative so far. Mm -hmm. Luthen is my you favorite character and Miro's narrative is the most interesting. Same here. Same here. Do you think they should have um, made these episodes longer and given us a shorter run? Instead of 12 episodes. I would have maybe cut the B cut more B-roll and just let it do uh -huh. its own thing. Like just make it snappier. But other than that, I I don't see a way around getting this all this amount of dialogue. I, I would uh, instead of releasing ep like one episode per day or one episode per week rather, I would have released them in twos. Either by themselves or as one episode. One long episode. So have six episodes instead of 12 episodes. Just my thought. Not a bad thought. No. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you want to chat with us, we have a Facebook page at Special Unit 352. Our Instagram and Twitter are at, at SU352Podcast. And all of our lovely art was beautifully and craft, beautifully and wonderfully made by Jake at Gin and Tonic on Instagram. Hey Peyton, what's our what's our uh, email? Our email address is specialunit three five two at gmail .com. Please email us your thoughts on whether or not you enjoyed seeing Coruscant again. <laughs> I did. 
Absolutely. Please like, share, fave, subscribe, rate, and review us, and all of those interactions with our fa- with on all of your favorite listening apps, because that will help us show up in the algorithms for viewers that haven't listened to us yet. We look forward to talking with you guys tomorrow, and as Peyton always says, Well, the force with you.